I'm Jim Juno, and this is Lights, Camera, Author. Former Fleet Street journalist and Sky Television executive Tony Flood provides more revelations and amusing anecdotes in the new edition of his celebrity book, My Life with the Stars, which has appropriate supplementary title, Sizzling Secrets Spilled. Great stories reveal how Eric Morecambe made showbiz pals the targets of his impish fun, the terrible stress suffered by Peter Andre and Kylie Minogue, and Elvis Presley's attraction to teenage girls wearing white panties. The former journalist also reveals a darker side of Frank Sinatra, Barbara Streisand, and Joan Collins. And I talked with Tony Flood about the book, My Life with the Stars, and his other books. Hi, Tony Flood, his book is called My Life with the Stars. And there's a, it's called My Life with the Stars, Sizzling Secrets Spilled. And you have some really inside stories uh, from from across the spectrum of sports, entertainment, and just everything. Um, you have a special story about Elvis Presley um, with um, with uh, Petula Clark. Oh, yes, Petula Clark. She tells this story about um, how she went to, to visit uh Elvis on one occasion in his dressing well, the only occasion she went backstage to see him, and he came on to her. Um, I'm just looking in the book. Uh, um, I mean, she was one of the few people who ever turned him down, I should imagine. She said that uh, she went uh, with Karen Carpenter backstage, and uh, to quote, as she said, he was raring to go. Karen was lovely, but she was kind of innocent. I felt sort of responsible for her, so I got her out of there. And I looked around, and, and this is what she, she told uh, another journalist. Um, and Elvis was at the door, and he looked at me like, I'm going to get you one day, but he never did. And amazingly, um, Petula says she didn't find him that attractive. Well, she was one of the few women who didn't, didn't she? I mean, Elvis was... Uh, his reputation, unfortunately, I mean, he was one, as we know, the best singer in the world, uh, regarded by most people. And his good looks were the envy of everyone in, in, in show business. So it was tragic uh, towards the end of his life that he became obese and uh, suffered chronic constipation, um, which is believed, of course, contributed to a fatal heart attack. Um Although the overuse of prescription drugs obviously played a part, um, unfortunately, many people now remembering his, and remember him in, in the bloated state that, that he became. Although there's still hundreds of thousands of people who worship him, and rightly so, but um, his reputation was also tainted by claims that concerning teenage girls, some are said to have performed for him by mud wrestling while wearing white pot, cotton panties, and others in similar attire uh, allegedly spent some time with him in his bedroom. Um, but uh, it, it was said by some people that uh, because of the way Elvis was brought up by his mother, who doted on him and spoiled him, that uh, he very rarely um, completed the full sexual act and... Uh, uh, um, some people like Natalie would um, make fun of that fact, uh, but hundreds of thousands would have given their right arm to spend uh, time with, with 
Elvis, wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, and I was, and I'm under, I was, you know, in the same group as I remember Elvis from the seventies, back, you know, when he was, when he was obese, when he was, when he was, uh, really just overweight and just a shadow of his former self, and um, that uh, when did when did the uh, Karen Carpenter and Petula Clark uh, episode though what what when did that take place? I think that was quite um, uh, uh, during the time he was uh, uh, still uh, in his prime. Um, I, I, I haven't got the date, uh, but uh, I, I, I think it was uh, while he was still really um, it, it, it performing um, for uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in uh, Vegas. Um, but one thing when he did um leave uh, performing as a solo artist for a while. He wanted to come back to Vegas and he wanted to get his confidence back. And there's another story uh, of Tom Jones. He thought that Tom Jones was the nearest to him. And so he went to see Tom Jones. And the thing was that he almost I seemed to idolise Tom Jones as if he was a fan. And uh, he'd climb up on the stage uh, and uh, actually sing with Tom. Well, at first, Tom Jones thought this was a great uh, compliment, but he soon became a bit uh, fed up with it, and he was heard to say to shout out to his stage manage, manager, hide the spare microphone, Presley's in again. And on one occasion, Elvis um, came up with some song which he thought would be ideal for uh, Tom Jones, so he went backstage to sing it to him. And Tom was naked in the shower, but undeterred, uh, Elvis just leaned over the shower and, and sang it to him while Tom was there uh, naked. Uh, I mean, that's a strange story in a way, because um, Elvis was a much bigger star than Tom Jones, wasn't he? Um, yeah. so, so that's strange. But, uh, of course, um, this stuff about teenage girls, um, his wife-to-be, Priscilla, um, was only 14 um, when they met in September 1959. And um, it's claimed that uh, um, Elvis taught Priscilla how to make love in various ways, short of full intercourse. So um, there's various stories, uh, some of which seem to be verified, but nobody can knock Elvis as a performer um, and, and a great showman uh, with a great voice. And uh, as I say, there's hundreds of thousands of people on various sites um, still um, go on there saying how marvellous he was. The same with Marilyn Monroe, of course. There's hundreds of thousands of sites about her uh, and people who worship her and uh, the fact that she was such a great actress and underrated. Um, and, of course, in her case, I think she was only 36 when she died, um, she was... Um, still um, at, at, at her best looks wise um, and it's unfortunate that dear old Elvis wasn't when he died and it was only six years difference between the two of their, two of their ages too yeah one other story about Elvis uh, when Natalie Wood well there's two two different versions of, 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 of this story one is that uh, they were thrown together and she went in 
supposedly uh, to be with him um, and to make love with him, although that does seem a bit um, over the top to me. Uh, but she came out and ridiculed him and said he was all touchy feeling and no, no, uh, no action. Uh, so she she said that he couldn't. The other story, which seems more believable, is that his mother uh, was so uh, uh, clearly against Natalie when they met that uh, it put Natalie off, and and and, and the uh, likely relationship uh, with Natalie Wood and Elvis, instead of blossoming. Uh, ended pretty quickly. Uh, that that seems more believable, don't you think, Jim? Yes, I do. I think that, you know, his mother was the biggest influence in his life. Mm. So I imagine that would that had quite an effect on Elvis when he was trying to uh, score some girls. Yeah. Now, but, uh, go on, carry on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, there's more, there's more to the book than Elvis. Um, you... Uh, <laughs> You were able to collect underwear for for stars. Um, oh, uh, that that was uh, when uh, George Best. I was um, uh, one on the committee of a sports writers uh, event, um, which uh, George Best was uh, uh, the guest of honor, and we were sitting there. Um, talking away in, in a secluded, uh, roped-off area. Um, and this uh, blonde uh, was making eyes at him. And he did, I noticed, smile at her. Um, and, but she couldn't get near him. And when I went to, to the loo, she came up to me and uh, thrust uh, uh, something into my hand and said, give this to George. And it was... Uh, uh, a room key wrapped in a piece of her underwear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, of course, you know, the same sort of thing would happen to Muhammad Ali. And there was a, an instance when he came to England to fight uh, Brian London, and a similar thing happened. Um, Muhammad Ali um, was talking to me and a lot of other press people, not not on my own, but we, we had a press conference with him after the fight and uh, and before the fight. And um, one of the guards showed me this envelope that he'd been handed by this brunette to give to Mohammed. Um, and uh, in it was um, a picture of her uh, with not much on, uh, dangling her uh, panties in a one hand and invite and a telephone number was scribbled on the, the back of it um and of course there's there's all these um stories about Mohammed being unfaithful and george uh, best being unfaithful and you can't have too much sympathy with them on the one hand but on the other hand i shouldn't think there are any men around uh either in that era or possibly even today who had Temptation thrust inside them so so often and so readily. Oh, exactly. I mean, groupies are still around, mm -hmm. but they're quite blatant, aren't they? And, and, and poor old Muhammad Ali and George Best. Well, I say poor old. They they had uh, obviously lots of faults and deserved some of what they got. But on the other hand, they 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 um, 
had temptation thrust in front of them so blatantly that it was hard for them to resist perhaps. You know, uh, I know a lot of the, a lot of the book, and we, I want to talk about the, your other your other books too. But we'll get to that in a, in a moment. Uh, a lot of the book, you know, is from your personal experiences. But there's a lot. Of, there's also a lot of stories about people who have told you stories. Mm. And I was just wondering how you know how did how did it come about that people would would just volunteer information to you? Well, in various ways. I mean, sometimes. Um... After, like, like for example, on tour, um, uh, Kate O'Mara, who, who um, had uh, starred in Dynasty with Joan mm-hmm. Collins, um, she was on tour in, in a, uh, I think it was a crime thriller, um, and just at the local theatre where I was um, uh, in, in Eastbourne, where I was doing the review. Afterwards, we got talking to these people, and some of them, of course. Um, stars of the uh, uh, performance um, don't stay long, and others like Kate O'Mara and a couple of her uh, co-stars um, were quite happy to sit there talking for ages. And I um, got sitting next to her and talking about it, and she didn't seem to mind in the least telling me. Well, I think uh, she had a uh, she was quite bitter about it, really. Um, yeah, about yeah. the fact that uh, Joan Collins had got a sack, she reckoned. Um, they were, one day, the, the producer came up to Kate O'Mara from Dynasty and said, I'm afraid um, Joan thinks it's a not a good idea to uh, carry on with uh, two brunettes in the leading two female roles. And Kate says, well, well, We've been getting on pretty well for two years. We've made this the biggest soap on television. But within days, her character had been written out. Uh, I think she was written off to Australia. And Kate was fired. Um, So it just shows, doesn't it, an example of how blatant uh, and ruthless uh, show business can be. Exactly. I mean, it's like it's a cutthroat uh, business. Yeah, Yeah. so... uh, um, my life with the stars um, is a mixture of people I've actually met through show business and sport um, and uh, people um, who other people have told me about, like Kylie Min- Minogue and uh, um, uh, is Eric Malkin uh, big in, in the States or was he big in the States or not really? Uh, Malkin and Wise, they have a, they have a following in the States. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Des O'Connor, the singer? Did he... uh, not so much Des O'Connor. No, um, but I mean, Malcolm and Wise, particularly in, in the UK, they used to ridicule um, uh, Des O'Connor, even though he had several, many hit records. And Des O'Connor, I met, and he was a great guy. And he told me uh, the story where he was ridiculed by Eric Morgan, which hurt him the most. He just had this really big success. And he told uh, Eric about his one-man show. And Eric said, never mind, perhaps two men will turn up next time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they they used to take the mickey out of him, something awful. But, of course, on, on their shows. Um, and, of course, um, it, 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 it didn't do his career any harm because um, it Instead of putting off, putting people off 
uh, uh, buying his records, um, encouraged them, I suppose. Also, uh, Eric Morgan used to like to make fun of um, other show business stars. And there was, did you um, guys in America uh, get much about Roy Castle? Uh, uh, he was a, a, um, a multi-talented entertainer, although he was mainly in the UK. But the story that, that, that illustrates how impish Eric Morgan was, was that uh, this uh, lady, Fiona, uh, who later became Fiona Castle, um, she was a dancer in a show that Morgan and Wise was starring in um, on tour around the UK. And she told Eric that she'd love to meet, um, love, love to meet Roy Castle. And uh, she, she said she was a, a big fan of his. So he said he'd introduce them. So he embarrassed her when he did introduce her by saying, Roy, this is Fiona, and she's madly in love with you. So that, <laughs> that embarrassed her. But she then learned that Eric had been even more outrageous when he'd set up the meeting. He told Roy, I've got this sad little case coming to see you. She has braces and a pigtail, try to be nice to her. But the fact <laughs> was that although they were two shy people, and Roy, despite being a, a performer, um, he was also shy, but um, they hit it off so well, they married a, late, a year later. So um, in that case, Eric Morgan was the matchmaker. Amazing. It's, you know, and um, I was reading about the Spice Girls, and I was thinking, why couldn't I have been in those hotels? You know? <laughs> yeah, when, when they ran around naked. Yes. Uh, well, uh, I mean, apparently that was, uh, I, I don't suppose they did it that often, but... Uh, Baby Spice went uh, revealed um, that uh, one of the dares that they did was to run from their room to the, to, to the lift in a particular hotel when presumably they were not that far away from their room. I shouldn't think was that far away from the lift, but they'd run naked from the room to the lift and have to run back again without getting caught. Um, so I suppose um, if, if they did that, goodness knows what else they got up to. Exactly. And, um, I, and of course, you've got you know, uh, the Beatles with Paul McCartney, who uh, was in the restroom in the, in the loo. Oh, and... yeah. What, what, um, the, the Bachelors, uh, I, I, I don't know whether you guys remember The Bachelors, because probably anybody under the age of 35 never even heard of The Bachelors. But in their day, The Bachelors were bigger than The Beatles, and uh, they were in Bournemouth performing, and The Beatles, who just started out, they were the new... Uh, uh, rave group that was just coming through they were appearing in a smaller theater also in Bournemouth and um uh one of the the, the bachelors uh uh decided uh Deck Klusky, his name was decided he'd go to the other theater and see what it was all about well when he got there um the Beatles had finished performing and so he went to the toilet and uh there Next to him was another guy, also going. And uh, you know the old joke, 
where it actually came true, right? Turned to look at each other and suddenly realized that it was uh, Paul McCartney and Paul McCartney realized it was Deck Klusky and turned sharply and put Pete all over his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but Beetle P, hey, you know, so that's the way it works. And um, one one last question, and then I'm going to move on to your other books. Um, tell me about the uh, the uh, story about. Um, hang on one second here. Let me let me find it here. Simon Cowell uh, about how he gave advice. Um, oh no, I, I no, I gave advice to him. That's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, saying the, that at the time he was being so over the top uh, and and, and uh, conceited and, and coming across uh, as being ultra-critical. I mean, he changed over the years, not necessarily because he took my advice, but uh, he, he did, he did uh, think that it wasn't quite so uh, good a thing to be Mr. Nasty. But when he was... Mr. Nasty, of course, some of these people um, that were on were so nervous that uh, that, that they, they couldn't perform properly, and uh, he thought it was great fun to ridicule them. Uh, but in in the end, I think he, he came to, to appreciate that it wasn't the best way to go. Um, the, the other thing was, of course, uh, he, um, um, Danny Minogue, Although he had a relationship with her, he didn't give her much support on the program, particularly um, when she um, was, was, was ridiculed herself. Um, so um, he, he, he wasn't as kind as, as he might have been, as, and as supportive as he might have been. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I should imagine um, in those days having a relationship with somebody who was as egotistical and um, single-minded as him, um, probably wasn't uh, as much fun as Danny Magnolia thought it was going to be. Now, now, you know, and all this happened before the uh, age of the internet. You think a lot of this would be, I mean, would be uh, kept under wraps in today's age yeah, I, I, I think uh, you're, you're possibly right. Uh, I mean, um, and also it only came out after a while about some of these stars had stage fright, like uh, uh, Barbara Streisand, Rod Stewart, Colin Firth, Frankie Howard, and even the late Sir Lawrence Olivia all suffered uh, stage fright. And... Uh, um, if you remember the story about Stephen Fry revealing that stage fright almost forced him to contemplate suicide. Mm -hmm. uh, and the singer Carly Simon tried to overcome the problem, as I've explained in my life with the stars, by having her bottom spanked. <laughs> and, and that was funny because she thought that pain would uh, stop her going on and being right. So mm -hmm. she um, got members of the uh, orchestra to whack her on the backside, I think it was with a magazine or something, and 
Unfortunately for her, the curtain went up early. <laughs> the audience, first sight of her, was seeing her getting whacked on the backside. Um, so, so that was, was was quite amusing. Now, this isn't your only book. You've got three other novels, um, Jody Richards and the Secret Potion, and Stitch Up, Killer or Victim, and then a Triple T's. Yeah, well, um, uh, Secret Potion is mainly for uh, youngsters, uh, but just like um, uh, J.K. Rowling's uh, Harry Potter, um, it is it has become popular with uh, older people as well. Um, and it's similar to Harry Potter in some respects, but not in others. I mean, there's no school in it, uh, it's uh, about a girl whose brother gets kidnapped uh, by an evil wizard in a magical land, and she goes off to this magical land trying to rescue him. And she meets the most vile uh, wizards and witches, but also some kind wizards and uh, some who help her, and one who's got a carrier bag from which he produces virtually everything she'd ever dreamed of uh, to try and save them. Uh, but things go wrong for him, and he, a friend, Whiffle, is uh, uh, not around to help her. And this uh, wizard who's befriending her gets turned into a frog, and she um, has her own problems. So it's um, a sort of can good um, win over the bad situation. The other books are mainly uh, for adults, the crime thrillers which are a completely different genre, of course. Um, Triple T's um, was uh, uh, got a wonderful endorsement from Peter James, who's, uh, as you know, uh, one of the biggest uh, crime-writing thriller uh, successes of, of the modern era. Uh, and uh, that's uh, about uh, uh, a drop-dead girl called Katrina who um, sister has been traumatized by uh, somebody attacking her in a car and she Katrina uh, plots to wait outside in a car um, as she comes out of the college where the attack took place she's uh, uh, a teacher there and she comes out late and goes to her car and eventually after couple of three months, the same guy comes up to her thinking he's going to try it on with her. And um, she, he says to her in the car when he's, she's supposedly giving him a lift to the railway station, he says, I've been waiting for you. And she says, and I've been waiting for you. You're the one who attacked my sister. So it turns out that he goes uh, and she uh, shoots him. Uh, and so therefore... Um, she's under uh, investigation by the police herself. But Katrina does a deal with a compassionate cop called DCI Harvey Livermore that he is on another case searching for um, a serial killer and she volunteers to be the bait in a honey trap uh, at a dating agency where this person they think is a serial killer uh, is going out. Um, with women on the dating agency. So is her life in danger? 
is this guy really the killer? And if not, who is? Um, so she she um, uh, puts her life on the line to try and save this serial killer. The next book, uh, um, which is called uh, uh, Stitch Up, uh, uh, Killer or Victim, uh, is about this guy whose two girlfriends um, are both killed. Uh, uh, and so, therefore, he obviously becomes the main suspect. And he does serve some time in prison on remand, but due to a mess up by the police, um, he's found he's, it, the case is thrown out against him on the, the first count. And so yeah. we're, we're left again, did he really do it? And um, if not, all these other suspects come to light. So that, that's a similar thing. And a third book, which I'm now working on, which is called Fall Guy, uh, this guy, George, um, comes uh, home from work early, uh, having received the telephone call from his wife, um, telling him it's it's actually her 32nd birthday, and she's, he gets the phone call saying, I'm just sitting here in the kimono you give me wearing just that and nothing else. Why don't you come home early? So he comes home early, and as he bursts in the living room, having heard some terrible sound in there, he founds that she's been stabbed and uh, attacked. Uh, and he tries everything to save her, but can't. He even, although he knows that you're supposed to not pull knives out of wounds, in the end, in desperation, he pulls it out to try and stop the blood flowing. And, of course, he's not only covered in her blood, but his fingerprints are on the murder weapon. So he's convicted of killing his wife. But his sister um, goes around uh, to the, his neighbours saying, to them, surely one of you saw something on the day of this murder. Uh, it, my brother didn't do it. And apparently one of the neighbours uh, who had gone away early morning the day after the murder, so the police never interviewed her. She actually saw somebody leave the crime scene. But she is a drug addict. So should the police believe her or shouldn't they? Um, are the police going to uh, be satisfied that they've got the murderer locked up and not do anything else? Or are they going to find out who really did the crime? So that, that that's the three murder uh, books. All right. Well, the author's name is Tony Flood. And the book, among others, that we've been talking about is called My Life with the Stars. Yeah, there it is. Uh, I'm sitting there with somebody you might not know. Her name's Erin Bowe. She was one of the stars of Strictly Come Dancing. You've got a program in the States which is similar to Strictly Come Dancing. What's your one called? Uh, it's called Do You Think You Can... So You Think You Can Dance or... Something? Is it something like that? Yeah. Yeah, but it's just as famous, isn't it? Your your uh, dancing yes. program. They've become very popular. And uh, here's some stars. There's George Best and other stars. So that's my life with the stars. And as I say, it's got other things and it's got up-to-date stuff about Carly Minogue and, uh, and other uh, stars of the modern era. Um, and going back, it's got the stuff about Frank Sinatra and, and uh, Britt Eklund. So I think you would find it very enjoyable. Fantastic. Well, Tony, thank you for being on Lights, Camera, Author today. Thank you very much. Very, very enjoyable talking to you, Jim.
My Life with the Stars, as well as the other books, are written by Tony Flood. Until next time, I'm Jim Juno, and this has been Lights, Camera, Author.